So excited to have each and every one of you here at Life City this morning. It's going to be a great day. It is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. And we are so excited about all that the Lord is just doing in this place. And as you've already said, we city groups launched this week, and I've heard some great reports about the groups that have taken place already, and some will be kicking off this week and this weekend. Uh, so I'm just thrilled and excited that people are getting past the straight line on Sunday, uh, which is important because we need teaching. We need to be empowered and equipped to do what God has called us to do. But that circle of just having uh, a community that you can be real with and open with and that you know that they'll pray with you um, and pray for you on a regular basis. And sometimes you just need some people that you can have some fun with and laugh with and do life together. So uh, you don't have to feel isolated. You don't have to feel like you're boxed in. You know, it's good to have some other people just to, to, to walk this walk with. Well, part two of relationship goals uh, right now. And I'm excited about today's message. And uh, when God began to deal with me about it, he was really just, just arresting my heart on so many things that I think will be helpful to us as we progress in this thing called relationships. How many of you know you can't do life without relationship? As much as we, we want to feel like we can just do it on our own and I got me and all this stuff and, you know, that's good, this independence that we have to have. But in some area of your life, you're going to have to have some relationship uh, context, whether it be a friendship, husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, acquaintance, as some of us like to call it. If you're not really close, you, you know, you're my acquaintance. You're not, you're not on friend level where acquaintances. We can say hi and bye. You know, everybody has those people in their life. But we got to have some relationship goals. And the, the title of today's message is Love Without Limits. And it's really, we've got to open our hearts to what God is saying to us in today's message if we're going to get forward in, in our life. But I, I said last week, there's five things that we have to do. There's five things that we always have to do. Uh, we, as when we think in the context of relationships, we have to seek God. It's so important that in whether you... you you can't be friends with people who aren't seeking God. It's not a popular thing to say, but you've got to be running in the right direction. Um, and, and I said last week when I was an assistant principal and worked in uh, high school, sometimes people would come to me and say, well, how do I know if they're for me? Well, you've got to run as, you, as hard as you can after God and then look to the side and see who's running with you. If they're not running with you, they may not be for you. Come on. So we've got to seek God together. Um, and, and sometimes we may have run ahead of God, but there's redemption for that. So don't give up. There's redemption and hope for that. The other thing we've got to do is fight fair. If you have friendships or relationships on any level, say you will fight. And it's quiet in here. But you will fight. There will be a time where you fight. But the issue is not whether you fight or not. The issue is can you fight fair? And it's so important. See, some of us, we, 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 when we fight, we go straight for the jugular. We know how to go to that spot and say that thing, that that elicits a response that we can then use to accuse the other person. Come on. You got to have fun. It's so important that you, it, it's difficult to have friendships with people you can't laugh with. It's difficult to have a relationship with people you can't have fun with. How many of you know, as serious as we are, everything cannot be serious all the time. You got to have some fun. You got to release some stress. The, the Bible says that laughter does good like medicine. In other words, when you laugh, laughter can bring healing. How many of you, you've been in the midst, you were in the midst of the argument and somebody said something. You were so mad you didn't want to laugh, but you couldn't help it. 
See, it's something about laughing that can stop what the enemy is trying to do in your relationships, uh, be it friendship or whatever. So you've got to learn to have fun together. The other thing, the hard thing at times is we've got to stay pure. And this is some things that we, we don't talk about this a lot in church anymore. But what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount was, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see what? God, which means that my purity level affects my ability to see and discern. So it's important that we stay pure. And then one of the most important, number five, is you can't give up. You can't give up. Now, sometimes you will feel like giving up. Somebody say amen in here. You, you, don't, you don't always feel like I can just do it. I can just do it. Sometimes you, you, the burden of what you're dealing with or going through makes you feel like quitting. There's a difference between feeling like quitting and actually quitting. Sometimes you just got to keep going. Now, I've got to qualify that statement. Like I said last week, there are some people who just don't want to do right. There are some people who have no desire at all to do right. This, I'm not talking about them. God has to deal with them. God has to bring them closer to himself. But there's some people that are simply trying to do better, and they're trying to do right, and they just need a little grace and a little mercy to help them along the way, and a little teaching as well. So we can't ever give up. Don't ever make permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances. See, and that's what happens is we'll go, we'll get in this intense, heat, heated, fighting, argue, fighting argument or whatever, and, and, and things are said or whatever, and in that moment they hurt, so we throw in the towel and give up in the moment, not realizing that moments are temporary. Come on. They're temporary. Moments are temporary, so we cannot make permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances. Now, this is where I have to pass you. There are some people who have patterns of behavior that are not healthy. And there's patterns of behavior that are not right, and those need to be addressed. But I'm not talking, somebody may say something in the heat of the moment that they should not have said. No, notice that I said, I, what I didn't say was they didn't say something they didn't mean. You ever heard that? Oh, I didn't mean that. Well, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the issue is not, Really, whether you meant what you said, but whether you're willing to deal with your heart so that you don't mean it in your heart enough to say it again. God is a God of miracles. This is important to deal with relationships. And I said last week that how we view Jesus and how we view the cross determines the level of hope that we'll have when it comes to the area of relationships. Because you can't ever believe that there's something in your life or in the life of another person that is beyond redemption. Somebody say amen. Because of the cross, because the blood of Jesus washes us from our sins, we have to approach the issues that we deal with in life with hope and faith, knowing that even though it may look like a mess right now, that God can work it out. God can weave it together. And sometimes, here's what I know as a pastor, sometimes we've been beat up so much, we've been bullied so much, we've been attacked so much that the enemy tries to steal any hope and faith that we have. But what we have to do is buckle down and say, Lord, you know what? What it is right now is what it's not always going to be. And I'm going to begin to see the other person, see the friend, see the boyfriend, see the girlfriend, see the husband, see the wife like you see them. See, God says man doesn't look at the outward appearance. Man looks at the outward appearance, but what? God looks at the heart. So even when I'm messing up, you got to look not so much at my actions sometimes. Look at my heart. Is your heart in the right place? Because, yes, my actions need to be corrected, and they need to be corrected fast, but, but is my heart in the right place even if I didn't get it right? Is anybody in here that gets it right all the time? 
You say it right all the time. You deliver it right all the time. You deliver it at the right time. No, you don't. Because our emotions get in the way sometimes. And sometimes we speak because we're feeling people. We speak out of emotion and we act out of emotion. And so sometimes you have to look past what other people do. That's real. You got to forgive somebody. And many of us are stuck in our lives because of this unwillingness to forgive. James Garfield, former president of the United States, history would tell you that legally he was shot and assassinated and that's how he died. But if you dig further into the story, and don't, don't, don't let me lose you with this, this is important. If you dig further into the story, you find out that he didn't die till months after the gunshot. The reason he actually died was because the surgeons and the doctors kept going into the womb and digging and digging and digging for months. And what happened was he developed an infection and the infection is what killed him, not the gunshot. Legally, legally, it was a gunshot. But when you dig further into it, it was actually the infection caused by continual digging, continually digging up the same wound. Come on, stay with me, this is important. An infection set in that would eventually kill him. Why this is important? Because many of us are infected with unforgiveness. And even though you, you can't get past where you are because you keep digging up something that needs to be buried. And what happens is, is, is every time you begin to move forward in your life, you hear the whispers of what used to be and what used to happen and what they used to do and what they used to say. So you keep digging up the same thing that God has been trying to heal for years. And you end up walking in bitterness and unforgiveness and you can't move forward in your life. I've heard it said, it's not mine, but unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and expecting the other person to burn. And so this is not easy and it's not easy to preach because the reality is that the hurts that we experience in life, they're real. And so we have to be, be resolute and resolved to love the way Jesus loves if we're ever going to move forward in our lives. Here's the thing. If Jesus were to stand before you and say, you're going to move forward in your life, but there's one thing standing in your way. Many of us will go years and say, you know what? The promise is not worth that. I'm just going to stay unforgiving. I'm going to stay bitter and not move forward. But sometimes for your own sake... How many of you know your forgiveness is about your freedom? I know I'm not jumping around all over the place today, but the, the choice to forgive is more about your freedom than it is about what they did to you. Now, just because you choose to forgive does not mean you have to act foolish and allow people to walk all over you and do whatever they want. That's what has to be said alongside forgiveness. But forgiveness releases the other person from the emotional debt that you think they owe you. How can I do that? Here's the principle. God doesn't make promises to our circumstances. God makes promises to us. Many of us are moved, we're shaken, and we're pushed around by our circumstances. And it's so hard for us to say, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to believe God to do miracles in my life because I'm stuck here in what I see and hear every day. How many of you sometimes your mind starts messing with you? You know, you, you, you. Uh, you're, you're excited, you're enthusiastic about moving forward, but then you hear the little whispers, it's always going to be the same. 
you're never going to amount to anything. They're going to treat you just like the other person treated you. Come on. But how many of you know when you see your value and your identity in Christ, it will change your perspective on what you think he can do. And so you've got to say, you know what? I was valuable enough to him that he would go to the cross and die for me. And so I've got to walk with that sense, not pride, but that sense of worth and value that he wants to do something special through me. He wants to do something special through us, through our family, through our friendships, through our relationships. But it starts with realizing that it's not bound to my circumstances, but it's bound to the promise that he made. God never designed us to focus on our circumstances because you know what that'll do? It will keep you stuck. If you, if you constantly look at your circumstances, this is how your faith walk will be. Because your circumstances change every day. Some, day I, some days you don't feel well. You just don't. Other days you're tired. But it cannot affect my faith walk. It can't affect the fact that I trust that God is faithful to his word. He's faithful to keep his promises. And even if it doesn't look like it, even if I can't see a way, I know God's character. He cannot lie. He doesn't change his mind. So eventually, I've got to take hold of the promise that he gave me. And that means that even if I feel messed up, God can restore me. Even if I feel down, he'll reach his hand and he'll pick me up. Even if I'm sick today, I'll be healed. Come on. This is what faith is about. It's not about the feeling that I have right now, but it's about what he said. The enemy will get you focused on what you see, but you have to remind what you see of what he said. All right. So we got to talk about this thing about relationships goals. I got a few minutes. So one, here's a question we've got to ask ourselves. Is my relationship goal winning or agreement? You ever get in an argument and your sole purpose was to be right? I know I'm right. So no matter what you say, no matter what you do, this argument, this discussion, because you can't call an argument, we're just talking. (laughs) You're not just talking, you're fighting. Be real about it. This is a fight. (laughs) But in the midst of this heated, intense fight discussion, Is my goal winning or is it agreement? Is it that in this friendship, in this relationship, we can come together and agree? Or do we, does it only end? Everybody's had those discussions. Look, this, at at some point, sometimes, my wife's not here, so I can say this. At some point, I'll tell her, look, just be real with me. This this discussion is not going to end until I just do what you want, right? (laughs) Now, Now, here's where men can be stupid. I'm just going to be real honest with you. I don't know other way to say it than that. There's some things when they're coming out of your mouth as a man, you know it's not going to end well. And you still say it. Sometimes, you know, listen, sometimes I just got to be heard. Really? Sometimes as a man, you just need to think it, Okay. It's okay. You don't lose any points. You don't lose your man card for keeping your mouth closed. Doesn't make you less of a man. Here we go. Here's another one. Is my goal equality or peace? There's a difference. You know, equality. I washed the dishes three days, therefore you have to wash the dishes three days, and we have to wash them together on the seventh day. 
Or is it peace realizing that he or she had a rough week and it's okay if I wash them six and you wash them one? Because the reality is that we only get what we need in the context of any relationship when we choose to be unselfish. Say it's not about me. This is something we have to remind ourselves on a daily basis because Paul, Paul said this in the scripture. He said, I died daily, which means that to function in this life, to function successfully, you have to die to you. You know, it's so easy sometimes to see what's wrong with other people. 2020 vision. If, you know, if they just did this, if they just said that, if they just did this, if they just understood me. But sometimes it's not about you. How many of you know you reap what you sow? The Bible says as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that, that shall he also what? Reap. Which means that sometimes when, I have to, when I, there's something that I desire to see, there must be something that I'm willing to sow. So sometimes you have to sow encouragement when you're not being encouraged. Sometimes you have to sow hope when you don't feel any yourself. Come on. Sometimes you have to sow motivation when you're not feeling motivated. See, you, I'll come back to that. That's probably another message. Would I rather be right or reconciled? This is hard, isn't it, sometimes? Think about this. We know we love each other. We know we care about each other, but there's a piece of pride in me that tells me I have to be right about this. And you have to hear me, and I must be heard regardless of your opinions. But then that really is just about me. Now, everybody needs to be heard, but sometimes I have to say, you know what, what's, what's, honestly, tell me, what's on your heart? And I don't listen to React. How many of you, when you're having a discussion, that you, you know what you do sometimes? What you do is you, you're taking mental notes. So that when, they, when you're ready and they're done, you know exactly where to pounce. Come on. Oh, on point three, you were wrong because it, I didn't actually say it like that. I said it like this, and I didn't say it on this day. And like many husbands, there, there's one or two things that you could do sometimes to aggravate your wife. And I boldly confess that one thing that aggravates her to no end is sometimes I have a, a very precise memory about things. And so she'll say to me, you remember when I told you such and such? And I'll be like, no, because, you know, on Thursday at 2.30, it was getting ready to become 2.31, and I was talking about this, and this is what you said, and this is what you didn't say, therefore you're wrong. And then she'll be like, but, but, but. I was like, no, it's clear, 231. It was getting ready to become 231, and you didn't say that. <laughs> say it doesn't matter. There's some things that don't matter. We, you, some of us spend so much time and energy fighting over stuff that doesn't even matter. And the reality is, if you, you, here's, what's, what, here's the reality. Don't ever go to battle where there's nothing to be won. There's some things they're not to be, what are you going to gain by winning that argument? They're just going to be more upset with you. 
I mean, I'm just being real practical with this. What do you actually win by having the last word? The fact that they won't talk to you for three days? That's a trophy. We will encounter two things in our life, wounds and bruises. Infection, as I was talking about, it leads to illness. That's why we have to deal with things that cause unforgiveness. Because if we don't deal with it, the infection will lead to illness and then we're sick and we can't affect positively the people around us. God wants to do something with each and every one of us, but we have to say, look, even if you hurt me, I'm willing to move on. Even if you, you disappointed me. Disappointment's a part of life. Somebody's like, this is a real positive message today. <laughs> but I have to help you with this. Sometimes you are going to get disappointed. Somebody's not going to say it right all the time, but you got to say, you know what? I know the heart of gold and the heart of love that you have anyway, so I can get past this moment so we can change the world for Jesus. But love wounds must be treated always with forgiveness. True love can never be disconnected from real forgiveness. If you end up in any type of friendship, relationship on any level, there will come a point in that friendship or relationship where you're going to have to practice forgiving. You ever had somebody forget something that was important to you? And you're like, all this time, you're kind of building up anticipation and excitement. I know they're going to remember this time. I've dropped every possible hint I could. I told them. I even walked them to the front of the store to tell me what to get for our anniversary. I even walked them right to the glass store and said, this would be nice to have for our anniversary. <laughs> and still, they got you a Happy Meal. <laughs> and even something as simple as that, wounds. This is important to me. Why is it not important to them? You ever had these self-talk conversations? And so you got to begin to say, wait a minute, why? You know, it is important to me. But maybe why doesn't the other person sense this? Why doesn't the other, uh, other person see this? There's a thin line between forgiveness and foolishness. And here's what I see more often than not. People who are mentally abused, physically abused, emotionally abused, sometimes you can get so used to it that you just accept it. I have to say that to you as a pastor. People talk to you a certain kind of way, and they always show as a pattern of behavior disrespect and pounce and pounce and pounce and degrading, and that's a pattern of behavior. And every time you do it, you just kind of take the blow, and you get used to it, and you get used to it. And you get used to it. And so here's the, 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 the tragic part of this. I don't know who this is for today. But the tragic part of this is that you end up putting up walls to people who are good for you. Because you're used to and familiar with people who are not good to you. You ever been there? And so what happens is you, you begin to say there's something about me that deserves to be treated like this. And slowly, the enemy picks away your sense of worth, your sense of value. He doesn't do it fast. doesn't do it on a woman, just, just one at a time. You ever been there? Slowly picks away at your identity until you realize someday you wake up and you say, you know what, I'm not living like this. I'm not doing this. I don't have to live like this. God created me in his image and his likeness. 
He loves me. He cares about me. His son died on the cross for me. I deserve better. Say, I deserve better. Say, I deserve good things. Sometimes getting good things means there's no substitute for waiting. But I'm lonely. I don't know when, anybody's, when somebody's going to come that that's for me. Trust me. Just wait. We must allow God to define true love and not culture. See, our culture has defined love, and it's told us love is one thing. You know, they take me out for a hamburger and then ask to go to my house. That's love. Y'all read between the lines. They, they love me because they took me to dinner. Just because he took you to dinner doesn't give him the right to touch you. Come on. If, if, if I got two more weeks. Maybe I need this. No, I'm going to say it. If he does not value you enough to place a ring on your finger, then he does not deserve to be in your bedroom. Value yourself enough. Now, now, if you're messed up in this area, redemption, hope, forgiveness. Don't walk away condemned today. Just say, now, you know what? No, brother, I need a ring. You got to show me something. Come on. I'm, I'm worth more than one night. But, but that's allowing God to divine love. This is what the Bible says. We know that we love God's children if we love God and obey his commands. Loving God means keeping his commands and his commandments are not burdensome. Our love relationship with God will always impact our love relationship with one another. I cannot say I love God and not love you. Come on. You see me every day. I just love God so much. But I can't speak to you. I can't love you. I can't forgive you, but I love God. Come on. Here's what the Bible says. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of the angels, but I did not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I did not love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And so here's how God defines love. Love is patient. See, you want to know how to do a love evaluation? Here you go, right here. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's my way or the highway. Wait a minute. You said you love. If you don't do this, get out. Wait, but you said you love me. Y'all still with me? Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. <laughs> I know I'm going a little longer today, but I want this to really sit and marinate. How many, how many of you, you, you can't move past this place of called stuck that you are in your life because you have this long scroll of things that people did to you? 
They're real. They're real. They did them. Now, they hurt, and I'm not excusing them. But at some point, you got to say, I got to put this down so I can move forward. God has too much for me to be stuck right here. If someone used you, abused you, lied to you, mistreated you, are they worth holding up your promise? You know what? I forgive you. I don't have to associate with you. I'm moving on. Because God has too much for me. It does not rejoice about injustice. And whenever the truth wins out, love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So here's what I want to close with. Without a heart of love, my reputation does not matter. This is where some of us men have been really bad. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not beating up men today, but some of us has really been bad because we get so focused on how people see us. And, and the reality is that people can see you any kind of way and then you go home and you're something else. So why would you want to be celebrated by the world? Watch this. And barely tolerated in your own home. So I've got to get this wrong. No, honestly, if none of you, and I love you, but if none of you ever claps, if none of you ever pats me on the back, none of you ever says that was a good message, that's fine as long as I can go home and my wife will celebrate me. Some of us have the script flipped. We like, we like all the accolades in public, but then you can't even talk to each other at home. Tell somebody, get it right. And it takes time. It takes time. You got to learn to understand. And you're going to have struggles and disagreements. But the bottom line is, is when I leave the house, I got to know that we're okay. Right? Just being real with y'all. I know this don't sound real spiritual, but. If I'm not living and operating in love, I am nothing and I gain nothing. You can operate in the gifts that God has for you if you learn to love. You ever run out of gas in your car? See, y'all want to be honest. I've run out. I thought I had just a little bit more. And then you hear that sound. And you know, by, you know if you're real spiritual like me, you'll go to praying and be like, Lord, let this car start. I did it too. I lay hands on the steering wheel. Lord, please let this thing start. And then finally I had to call somebody. Hey, look, can you bring me a look? <laughs> here's, here's the reality though. Lo love is like that gas. If you have it, wherever you need to go, you can turn the key and that thing will start up and you can go. So if I come in contact with you and you need encouragement and encouragement needs to operate in me, as long as I got love, God will allow it to well up. You know what I'm saying? Some of you just need uh, a friend to lean on and pray with you. I can pray with you out of a heart of love and God will work. Love is the gas that keeps the engine going. Say amen. Patience and kindness must be intentional. These things don't just happen. You have to be intentional about being kind. Being patient. True love requires us to develop. True, true love requires us to develop the gift of a bad memory. We must learn the art, art of both forgetting and forgiving. There's some things you just say, look, it happened 25 years ago. Y'all ever have those, those arguments where 
it gets so intense that you don't have anything else to throw in their face, so you go back years. <laughs> hey, you remember when I was, I was getting out of the car and, and you didn't open the door for me ten, 10 years ago? Some of y'all don't do it now. We'll have a class on that. Gentlemen, y'all need to open the door for your women. Don't get mad at me. You need to do this. So it's, it's respectful. You may, not, you may not open it when she gets out. I mean, do at least do it once. Have some time, have some time where you, you, know, you go and you just let her out the car. See, some of these women silently, you're like, amen. Because y'all drive, y'all drive up and watch. And the guy, the guy over there, he just, he just opened the door for her and you let the thing hit me. <laughs> you're going to laugh about these things. This is because here's the thing. All of these things, look, I don't, can I be transparent? I'm not rich. I don't have much money. So I've chosen different ways to show value and worth. And sometimes for me, and I'm not bragging on myself, for me, because I don't always have the resources that I may want to have, sometimes for me, it's can I make you dinner? Can, 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 Can I just... Without you asking, can I just pull the door open when you get in the car? You know why? Because your lack of finances, your lack of resources is not an excuse for you to lack honor. Favor follows honor. You want favor from your husband? Honor him. Respect him. You want favor from your wife? Honor her. Respect her. You want favor from God? Honor him. Respect him. I'm almost done. Living a a life full of love allows us to take joy in the right things. So here it is. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Take a picture of the slide if you need to, but we're going to wrap up here. You got to do four things. And I want this to be a day of, of redemption for many of us. Because some of us came in last week, we came in this week, and we're at the point of, like, I don't know what to do with this. I just, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to quit. And so there's four qualities. There's four things that God wants us to, to have in our friendships and our relationships. He wants us to have persistence. He wants us to have persistence. We gotta be persistent. He wants us to have hope. Hope. I don't, I don't see how it's gonna get better. I don't feel how it's gonna get better. I'm struggling in every area of my life. Hope will keep you going. And sometimes that's why I say, honestly, get, get, and this is not a plug for groups, but it is. Get, get around some people who can give you hope when you're in despair. I can just tell you, look, you can go on another day. Yeah, I know today was rough, but you can get through today and you'll make it to tomorrow. You need faith. And then you need endurance. Persistence, hope, faith, and endurance. If you have those four things, if you develop those four things, if you commit to those four things, there's not anything that God can't bring you through. 
You know what keeps a sick person believing? Hope. Faith. Persistence. And endurance. You're in here right now. And as we were worshiping earlier, this is what I felt the Lord drop in my heart so much. And he said, phrase it. He dropped it in my spirit. And he said, just, just phrase this like a question. Just, just, what have you allowed the enemy? What was it that caused you to allow the enemy to steal your worship? Here's the specific words that you were saying in your spirit. I'm never going to open myself up like that again. Because I can't be burned again. I can't be hurt again. And so in that thought process, the enemy has tried to put a muzzle on your gift. But it's like Jeremiah. He, he, he went to God. We're almost done, I promise. He went to God. And this is what he said. I'm never going to speak anymore in your name. But he said the word was like fire. In his bones, and I feel like for, for whoever God is dealing with today, you tried not to worship, you tried to walk away from it, but it's in you, and it cries out even when you try to put a cap on it. And here's what I feel so strongly to say to you give God one more chance. And you'll see that every hurt, every burn was worth it to bring you to this point. All right, you're here in the room, and you're like, Lord, I just, I need you to help me. I'm taking steps forward, but to take more steps forward, I need to do it by faith. And I need you to help me walk this walk. If that's you, just clip your hand up in the air quickly. I can pray for you. Amen. 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 Several of you might be here and you've tried to find purpose, your, your own identity and your own purpose, the purpose that God has for you. You've tried to find that in other people. And God says, I'm your source. And as you come to me, I'll show you everything you need to know, everything you need to do. But more importantly, I'm going to remind you of your identity and who you are in me. I created you for purpose. You're not going to die in the wilderness that you're in right now. Even when I was silent doesn't mean I was absent. Everybody lift your hands. I want to pray for everybody all over the room. If, you, if you're comfortable with that, that's fine. Just as an act of surrender. This is such a bruised place for many of us. And, and Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I pray for everyone in this building today. Lord, you've brought everyone in this room through the battles that they've experienced. Some pain, some hurt, some draining, even draining and disappointment, struggle. But I speak deep down to the 
gifts that you placed in their hearts, to the talents that you placed in their hearts, to the identity that you placed in their hearts, and I command it to come to life. I speak to the dry bones that they seem to feel to look at every day, and I command breath to enter them and life to enter them. I command the things that, come, that need to come together in their life and need to come into alignment in their life to come together so that they can be pleasing to you. Lord, give us a fresh understanding of who you created us to be. Remove the scales from our eyes so we could see clearly. Give us clarity of purpose, clarity of thought, clarity of intention, Lord. Put us on the right path if we've gone along off the wrong way. Close every door that's not like you and open up the ones that you want us to walk through. Give us boldness, give us faith, give us courage to receive what you have for us today. We praise you for the victory. We praise you for liberty. We praise you for freedom. Lord, we declare today that the struggle is over. The test is over. This is our new beginning. This is our new day. Lord, our self-esteem shall arise because we're connected to you and that we know you. This is the day that we begin to bear fruit. This is the day that we begin to see progress. I command every chain to be broken, every struggle to cease. Lord, we lift our hands and we receive from you the power to endure, the power to progress, power to prosper. Lord, I declare that we'll be lights in a dark world. Lord, that when we go on our jobs, Lord, that our light will shine before men, that they'll see our good works and they'll, they'll glorify you. We testify that our life will bring glory to you beginning today. It's not about us, Lord, but as we surrender, as we surrender to you, Lord, we declare that what we do, what we say will carry power. It will carry authority, Lord, but it will not bring the glory to us. It'll bring the glory to you. I speak healing over everyone in this room that needs healing or is connected to somebody who does. I command the body to line up, the blood cell counts to line up. Lord, I command minds to be set free today. Lord, your word says to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free and not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. So we declare this day a day of freedom, a day of liberty. In Jesus' name, amen. Let everyone praise God today and just give him a shout. Here's, here's what I want to do. We're, we're finished, but here's what I want to do. Our prayer team is up. Sometimes you... you I say this every week, but I feel it strongly today. Sometimes you just need someone to agree with you in prayer. So if you have a need for anything, just, just find one of our prayer team. Um, I'll be up here for a few minutes as well with them. But we just want to agree with you in prayer and believe God to move mightily in your life. And so when we're done, after I pray, you know, if you, you need prayer, just come up and one of us will pray with you and believe God for miracles in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the day that you've given us. We trust that the word has been seed planted in good ground and it'll bring increase some 30, some 50, some 100 fold, Lord. We ask that you put blessing upon the weak of your people, Lord, that they would walk with safety, protection, favor, increase. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And we'll see you next week. If you're going to be here for next steps, um, it'll be in Houston Hall in about 10 minutes.